Hello, and welcome to the almost first episode of Rattlebox Games' new real play Dungeons and Dragons podcast, The Matter of Drag. Every other week, we will bring you a new episode full of magic, adventure, and fun. This week, we will give you a peek behind the DM screen as we sit down to create the characters who will then brave the treacherous wilds of the Kingdom of Drag. Join me now as Rob, Ben, Marty, and Mario welcome you to the Matter of Drag. Hello, and welcome to the Matter of Drag podcast. This is uh, something that we're going to call Episode Zero. It's going to be a little hello, and then uh, we're going to do some character creation, although uh, we'll maybe have a little bit of discussion about the fact that we've already done some character creation ahead of this. I don't think it's a horrible idea to start with some introductions. My name's Rob, and I've been playing Dungeons & Dragons for, I'd say, probably 35 years, since uh, since it was the original Dungeons & Dragons, and I've continued playing role-playing games on and off all those years, a little on computer, a little on pen and paper, some breaks of years at a time, but keep coming back. And here we are. We're going to be playing Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. My role in this adventure is going to be that of the Dungeon Master. We're going to be operating in a world of our own creation with its own gods and monsters, but we'll be using the system that's provided by Wizards of the Coast, by the Dungeons & Dragons books. There'll be some things that you learn but there'll be a lot of things that you're familiar with as well. And I'm going to take it from there. I'm going to go to my left. Uh, what do I talk about? My name is Ben. That's a good place That's to start. Good, okay, I'm doing well. Uh, <laughs> I've only been playing D&D for probably four years, so I'm not like a legend or anything. <laughs> I, I started with like 3.5 and then completely skipped 4 because that was, yep. Skippable. Uh-huh. Uh, and I will be playing uh, Warlock, Half-Elf Warlock, named Bernard Vismith or Vismith. It kind of like it depends on where he is and who he's talking to. <laughs> he's like a high society part. Okay. He's not picky. Uh, well, I mean, he wants to impress people. He's got to like, you know, if it's a party, he might Vismith <laughs> or something like that. Vismith sounds more working class, I think. Fair enough. Yeah. As we mentioned uh, a little bit earlier... As I referred to, we've done some character creation. We actually played a game of Fiasco over a couple of nights to uh, help cobble together this ragtag team of adventurers. And so we know a little about these characters already. For example, uh, we happen to know that not only uh, is Bernard a warlock, he's also a realtor. Yep. I sell houses. I mean, he sells houses. He's Uh, licensed. He's also... He's also very squeamish and is very, well, I mean, realtor. So he's good at making sales. He's, ma- he's made sales already. So Excellent. He's got that under his belt. All right. Well, is there anything else you feel the need to share? Not now. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Then let's go to your left, right across from me. I'm Marty, and I will be playing Lauren Snake Eye Stonefist, who's a dwarven rogue. I've been playing D&D for about 24 years now since I was nine. Rookie. <laughs> so hopefully I don't die this time. My very first character died within two minutes of the mission starting. I have to say, I'm a little scared 
because I'm going to let people die. Oh, Rob, that's fine. Totally Dungeon Master Rob here saying uh, in the first oh, no. chunk that I've really, you know, worked out, oh, there's there's an encounter where you could totally, Ooh. totally die. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. All right. Hopefully, okay. I won't get too attacked, <laughs> I guess. And then uh, to Marty's left, my right. Oh, you're not going to intro me? <laughs> well, well, I he didn't saying, really I even intro me either. I haven't been saying people's names. That's like when you, well, it's lovely outside. Let's go to the weather. That's all I wanted to say. Okay. My name is Mario. I, unlike these fabulous gentlemen, I am a legend. Dairy noob <laughs> at Dungeons & Dragons. I have no idea what... I'm doing or what I'm getting myself into, but I think it'll be fun nonetheless. Well, and I think that's going to be great for the game because hopefully there'll be people listening who've, who've never played before and you're going to keep us honest. <laughs> We're going to go over the rules and hopefully it'll be a way that people can, can get an idea of what it's like to play the games. I'll be like the referee. I'll be like, well, uh, I don't think you can do that. <laughs> hey, Mario, would you care to tell us a little about your character? I would love to. <laughs> so I'll be playing my own creation, Raven Broodwing. He is a cleric, but I'm pretty sure he's not really quite fit for the class of cleric. Because he's a little on the dark side, <laughs> to say the least. He's a very transactional cleric. You're you're laying there bleeding. He has the spell to heal you, and his question is, "What's in it for me?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I, I I can go and throw out heal spells willy nilly, but I mean, I think I should definitely have some kind of return. I'm very excited about that. Previously, I've had a little tiff with Bernard because apparently he ran over my aunt, uh, and it wasn't so cool. I think it was a fatal running over. Oh, oh yes. yeah. Yeah, she died. Yeah, she's dead. She did. <laughs> he apologized. I don't know. I mean... However, I did manage to coax a lovely mind control potion out of Bernard, so, I mean, I guess we're okay for now. That's right, he's starting with mind control potions. Yes, yes. And I also have some really awesome conversation eggs or something. That's right, we'll get, we'll get to that. All right, More well, on that later. Did you just call me a moron? Ooh. Now into uh, character creation. And I have to say, uh, with 5th edition, I can't tell you that I've ever actually created a character. I've read up on that process, but I think Marty's going to be our resident expert on character creation so maybe would you mind leading us off marty totally it's actually pretty easy compared to a lot of the other versions of D D. for people who really aren't familiar and this is where if you're an experienced player you can decide whether or not you want to keep listening if you're not an experienced player you are contractually obligated to continue listening <laughs> uh, otherwise bernard will uh, shatter your mind with his magical powers Sounds right. <laughs> and if you haven't played Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, you might want to listen just because there sure. are some differences in the characters. At the heart of most 
role-playing games and fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons not being an exception to this is the character's statistics, which in this case, they are strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. And each of those are going to affect the way that you interact with other characters and with the world. To establish those, there's a fair amount of dice rolling or rolling of dice. Marty, how do you tend to do it? Because there are two official ways to come up with the numbers. There's roll a bunch of dice or there's take this number and tweak it a little. I usually do roll a bunch of dice, but my suggestion for this would actually be to follow the book. You've got two ways that you can do in the book. You can either roll four and then take the the highest three and you do that six times. Or if you don't want to roll, they have uh, six stats in here already that are their average, and you can just take those. I, as the dungeon master, would prefer if we did the roll and choose Mm -hmm. because, to a certain extent, the engine that drives this is twofold. It's the imagination of the players and the dungeon master and what the dice do to us. So starting out with the dice doing things to us, is amusing. Uh, If I recall, you roll, you generate a pool of numbers and then you assign them as you see fit. So it's not that you're rolling dice to establish your intelligence. You roll dice several times, you have a pool of numbers, you assign them as you Exactly. As with many games, following the rules in a way that doesn't serve as fun is not the best. Mm -hmm. But I think it could be hilarious if someone had a guy with just rock bottom statistics oh it'll be hilarious for everybody else (laughs) uh you know you find a way to play around this we're rolling for day six i think the first thing you're gonna actually want to start with is write down your character name yeah did that yeah all righty we've done okay all right so now everybody roll six times with four six-sided dice and write down your results. I'm really wondering how epic this is going to sound when we all roll our four six-sided dice at the exact same time. Fire away, boyos. Okay. Ben, what do you have? It's a 10. Total? The total is 11. All right, so you have an 11, but we're dropping the lowest die. So uh, your lowest die was a 1. So you a thought 10. you did bad, huh? Marty, what's your absolute total? My absolute total is 11. And what's your? Uh, what are we taking with us? 9. Or I could drop the 5 and I could have a 6. No, let's, dro- let's drop the low. And then Mario? Oh, I got a 19, guys. Man, no, 18. Not... Well, 19, well, but so... Oh, but yeah, yeah. In so, this case, if you leave out the low, you have a... 18. That God, is not that's... a bad place to start. You literally doubled my score. <laughs> that was a nice roll there. You almost have their scores added together, in fact. Yeah. Oh, All right, geez. let's roll again. We're going to do that five more times. What do you have, Mario? 13. 13. Ben? Are we doing total? From here on out, we'll just do the, the score that's going to be kept. Oh, okay, the actual so score? Three, okay, so just the three. If that's the case, it's a 12. All right, so 12 for Mario. 14. Nice. And Marty? 14. Hmm. Yeah. Now we're, now we're Part of the somewhere. 14 club. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't established, yet, or we haven't made it to the 18 club yet. Ooh, Ben. That's not good. Ben, what do you have? That's a five. Oh, boy. 
We're going to have the best adventuring party ever because they're going to be bad at everything. Oh, I know, and it's I know be great. which stat this is already. Mario? Um, 14. <laughs> Marty? 8. Oh, boy. Oh, God. We are the worst. Unfortunately, uh, they all died. They didn't have a high enough intelligence to breathe. Luckily, Raven is the cleric, and he's going to be amazing. <laughs> I just hope that you have uh, payment. That's all I have to say. All right. What do we got? Uh, 15 for me. 15 for Mario. I ben. got a nine. Ben's bad at Dungeons and Dragons. I'm also part of the 15 club. Nice. Marty oh, no. shows up. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going two more times. Oh, four, keep three. All right, Marty, give him the good news. I made it into the 16 club. I've never been so happy to see a 16 after right. my 9 and my 8. Uh, 13 for me. All right. For Mario, a 13. And for Ben? 13. 13. All right. And then one more roll. I need to pray. Wait. Oh, yes. Pray. Yes, one more roll. Well, but he's the priest, so he should he should be doing yes, the praying pray, for you. For he me. needs to bless your die. Yes. Or your dice. We'll pretend like that happened. <laughs> Nope, didn't work. What you got? That's a nine. Okay. Thirteen. Okay. And I got a thirteen also. I'll let you do this. I'll let you roll one more time and throw out your lowest score. Your lowest of these. So we'll do roll four dice seven times. Leave one of each of the dice out. Leave one of the totals out too. Oh man, Mario just he's a machine. Oh Marty, I oh Marty, this is working for you. What you got? Uh fourteen. Fourteen? Mario? There goes that eight. F- fifteen. Fifteen. <laughs> you got the lucky dice over there. I, I, I swear ben? it's beginning as I got an eleven. It's not great, but it's better than five. It's your <laughs> it's your third best stat. Now you know what you can do. What's nice is that you then have a you know attribute bonuses depending on your race. So it's like okay, well if you don't need that attribute that your race is going to give you for your class, throw your lowest roll in there and then get that attribute bonus. And suddenly your character is no longer awful. in the negative. Awful. So awful. as long as you hit ten, you don't have a negative to any of yeah, those yeah, stats. Yeah. So here's here's another thing. Uh, Marty's uh, talking about sort of the strategic applications. Strategery, of... as George W. Bush would have said. Yes the strategic uh, application of statistics, uh, there's there's something called min-maxing, uh, which is where you, you think about how you're going to play your character and you think about what's important to your character uh, for them to be able to function. So uh, if you're playing a thief, they need to be stealthy, so they'd need a high dexterity, for example. Um, but they might not need a high constitution because they don't plan on getting clobbered a lot. So you can uh, you can choose statistics to uh, to improve and statistics to essentially ignore, and that's that's sort of what min maxing is, and I think that's some of what Marty's talking about. Well, yes and no. Um, definitely about the min maxing, that is a thing. I generally try not to min max according to class, um, although there is something to be said about the idea that you know maybe this person 
is this class because it just naturally suits their skill set. But I personally like to min-max according to your vision for the character. So in terms of my character, we've already seen via fiasco that he's not the most wise person. And so even if he was a cleric for some reason, I'd probably still drop his wisdom low just because that's his character. But luckily he's a rogue. Yeah, if I'm playing my character as far as how I view my character as opposed to min-maxing for class then my character would have a high charisma, even though he, it's not needed. Yeah, okay. And that's my point. You can't min-max just for class, because if you're... Yeah, you have to... Because then everybody has the same characters when they play the same class. But the other thing is, you have to prepare them to be able to play the way that you're going to play, because if you're going to play a charismatic rogue, which totally makes sense, if you don't have high charisma, you're going to have a real hard time at it. Mario... You're going to be playing a cleric. Yes. The most important statistic for a cleric is wisdom. Clerics use light and medium armor. So, you know, if you picture the uh, knight on horseback, that's not going to be you ever. Uh, I'm pretty sure Raven is okay with that. I should think so. (laughs) At this point, you're going to choose. And uh, you know what, Marty? Is there a section in the book where they give a quick description of these statistics? Oh, you mean like I the I mean, strength and... Yeah, I mean, okay, what yeah, what they apply to. The other thing is, it's pretty intuitive. What you do know, you mean, strength, what they apply to, like... How they influence your character's interactions with the world and, oh, and okay. the people. Um, Once again, the six statistics in 5th edition are strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, charisma... And they sort of influence your character in the way that you'd expect that they would. Your strength talks about sort of if you're... You know, wielding a big war hammer, it's going to inform uh, how skull crushing you are. Your dexterity, if you're trying to uh, steal someone's gold from their purse, it's going to give you an idea of how stealthy you are at it. Your constitution talks about how tough you are. It influences your hit points, which, which are how we keep track of how alive or dead you are. It also influences things like if you're being poisoned, it could have an influence on such a thing intelligence you know once again like what do you use intelligence for in your life you use it for similar things in dungeons and dragons wisdom in our case this is actually the cleric is a, a wisdom based uh magic user wisdom is well how do they describe it? awareness intuition insight yeah. that sort of thing yeah Charisma, our final attribute, is actually used for every other spellcasting class. Bard, sorcerer, warlock. Yep. Basically, it comes down to wizards are able to use magic because of book learning. And so they have to memorize their spells and everything is based on what they've learned. Sorcerers do it more intuitively. Like, they're just shaping the elements and, and magic around them. And they haven't learned their spells from a book. So they have less spells available to them. But they don't have to study their spell spell book to, to mm-hmm. you know, regain their spells. Um, and then warlocks are granted their powers by an outside force. So they have less spells, but they're powerful in a different way. The fact that we're playing in a world which has been created by ourselves as opposed to the world that uh, Dungeons & Dragons sort of sets itself in in the books... It'll be interesting with the warlock because we're going to have to uh, apply our gods and our benign and malevolent entities uh, instead of using the ones in the book. But actually, if you read the book, they invite you generously to make your own universe, your own world, your own town, your own continent. Whatever degree 
of micro or macro adjustment you want to make, they're happy for you to do that. And many of the settings in Dungeons & Dragons that are official didn't start off as official Dungeons & Dragons settings anyway. They started off as fan creations. I mean, the current setting that they focus on the most is Forgotten Realms, which was not originally created by Dungeons & Dragons. Marty, how, oh, it looks like you've already assigned your statistics. you want to run those down for us? Yes. So I have a, a 9, a 14, a 15, a 16, a 13, and a 14. Going back to how my character was played during Fiasco... And also because he's a rogue, dexterity is his most important stat, so I put the 16 there. And also, these are before I add in any bonuses from his race or class or anything like sure. that. Um, so I gave him the 16 dexterity because, you know, I envision him as pretty quick and nimble for a dwarf. And then I put a 15 into constitution because as a dwarf, he's a pretty hardy individual as well. Sure. I gave him a 9 in wisdom because, as we've seen, he is not the most wise individual he imbibes a bit too much alcohol, and he's a bit too free inf- with information that might be detrimental to him when he's drunk. And he's also a little bit too free with his money when he's drunk, <laughs> buying rounds for everybody and, you know, just in general not being the most situationally aware when he's drunk. And Fair so enough. I figured that would kind of cover that. But he does seem like a pretty charismatic fellow, so I gave him a 14 in charisma, nice. which will also cover things like intimidation, deception, things like that. As you mentioned, your race is going to influence those statistics. Yes. So uh, am I correct in thinking that his strength is going to go up to? Now, the, the way they've got dwarves no, broken his down is, is there not... two flavors yes. of dwarves. So if I were choosing a mountain dwarf, his strength would go up to, but he is actually a hill dwarf, so his wisdom is going to go up one point, yep. but he's not going to get that bonus to strength. Fair enough. Um, but his constitution is going to go up to, yes? Yes, that's standard for all dwarves. So yeah. his constitution is going to go up to. So okay. the last stat that I did was I gave him the last 14 in strength. Nice. So I think everybody should assign their values, and then we'll go back through and add the, yeah, the bonuses. Yeah, let's do that. Mario, with that description, do you, do you feel like you have an idea? Since you are playing a cleric, we discussed that uh, wisdom is going to be your most important attribute. So maybe you want to put your 18 there. Uh, yeah, I'm already ahead of that. <laughs> um, and then... You want to give us a breakdown of what you've done? Looking through on the character sheet and seeing what everything does okay you could tell me if this is good or bad so my numbers are uh two 13s a 14 two 15s and an 18 i'm violently shaking my head (laughs) jealous rage i think is how i describe that that's okay as soon as bennard dies you've just made way for the grimble all right so what are you doing with those mario Uh, all right so i didn't really think strength or dexterity really applied to me so those would be my 13s okay i actually kind of did it in process of elimination so wisdom i went and i put my 18 intelligence i thought that was probably a little more important so i put uh one of my 15s and then between constitution and charisma um i actually gave constitution uh my 15 and charisma my 14 I like it. Both by um, by process of elimination, but I don't feel like Raven is very is as charismatic anyway. <laughs> so, although that's pretty charismatic, you're gonna you're gonna like where that takes you. All of your stats are above average anyway. Yeah. I mean, 
like I said before, average is 10 to 11. That's like the human average. Like pick a guy off the street, you know, how strong is he? Oh, he's like a 10 in strength, you know. Um, so even with a 13 in dexterity and strength, it's still, you know, you're it's like your character has been strength training, yeah. you know, all year and you're better than most people. Well, my pastimes are poetry and weightlifting. There you go. Now, my question, is he more of like a, sits back and, and just heals and doesn't engage in battle? Or does he kind of wade in and wear you know armor and hit people with a mace too? I think he's probably more of the sit back type. Although I'm going to say, with a party of three, I don't know if you guys can afford to sit back too much because oh, no, no, no. especially since you're basically their tank now. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess my question really, I shouldn't have said sit back and heal. I, I guess, are you more of the spell casting type of cleric or more of the like battle cleric and you're casting battle spells or are you more like, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to heal and then I'm going to drop a flame strike on this guy or I haven't really thought about it that much but and, uh and I, I, you know that's okay that's something that we can discover as we play and with this being your first time i don't know if you have enough information to be able to really right answer that i guess the breakdown is essentially are you going to be more offensive or defensive yeah. and like primarily defensive okay but definitely i i intend to do what i can there you go and that's what's going to need to happen i think another thing is uh, some of what Marty might be referring to is that uh, with all the characters, there are different ways to play them. But with mm-hmm. a cleric, there's maybe more so than any other class because you could play a cleric that just wades in there and, and smashes people up. But uh, something clerics can do is they can cast spells to improve the whole party or oh, yeah, one like particular person buffs. in the party. Exactly. Oh, look at you. MMO. I'm so, I'm so <laughs> proud. Yeah, you can cast buffs or you can heal people. Or you can cast a, a offensive spells. And clerics are one of the one of, if not the most versatile class in this exactly. game too. I mean, you can play them so many different ways, and you can change your playstyle with them at the drop of a hat. You know, I mean, if you run out of spells, then you can wade right in and start bashing guys on the yeah. head with a mace. So you know, and there might be call for that. We'll see. All right, we talked about how your race influenced your numbers. You're a human. Primarily, I thought I wanted to play human, but I didn't really get a chance to look at the races either. That's okay. You can play a human. If you do, it makes it really easy. All your stats go up one. Okay. Oh, my God. Which means you have a 19 out of the gate. <laughs> I think Ben is seething right now. I, I apologize in advance. A level one with a 19. Oh, my God. That's... It happens. And in fairness, he dropped... Another thirteen. So effectively, effectively, our little fudge there didn't affect him at all. I think that takes us over to Ben. Great, awesome. What you doing there, Ben? All right, I'm gonna go down. Uh, So, charisma is the most important thing for a warlock, but I think Bernard is more intelligent than charismatic. So I put fourteen in intelligence. And then 13 in Charisma. Strength and Dexterity is a 10 and a 9, just whichever one. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I, I, put, I, I believe I put 9 in Strength and uh, 10 in Dex, which leaves uh, Wisdom, where I put an 11, and Constitution is the lowest because he throws up all the time, so that's a 9. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. 
I could have kept a five, honestly, for his constitution because he was like <laughs> hair trigger vomiting. All right. And then as a half elf, I don't think I realized he was a half elf. I didn't look up the half elf's racial adjustments to the statistics. Do you want to run those down for us? Yeah. Half elves get a plus two to charisma. So it actually works out that my charisma will still be higher than intelligence. So that'll be nice. 15 and then a 14 intelligence. So that's not bad. And then it's a plus one to whatever uh, score I want. And oh, I just nice. put that in strength. So I have tens first, just being average. I guess let's finish off the conversation about statistics. Uh, Marty looked up in the book. He booked up for us how the this, this statistics are going to uh, be affected by leveling up. So in this case, the rogue, which is Marty's a rogue, so it's actually basically every four levels you gain an, uh, an attribute score improvement, which is it's generally like plus one, I think. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my rogue could bump his dexterity up to 17 when he hits level four. You might, depending on your class, have a class feature that when you reach that level, it lets you bump it up two. Mm-hmm. But no matter what, you'll never be able to bump your score past 20. Yeah, 20 is. And 20, if you if you have like a strength of 20, you're like Hercules. You are yeah. ridiculous. The highest attribute score you'll see in this game, this may be different with 5th edition because I haven't encountered these in 5th edition yet, but this is how it was in every other edition. Highest attribute score you'll ever see is 24. So a good indication of that is Storm Giants. Storm Giants <laughs> are the strongest giants, and they have a, a strength score of 24. So. Hey, wait, uh, let's check. Anyone's race Storm Giant? Storm Giant. I think I'm part Storm Giant. (laughs) (laughs) I I definitely think that that could be the case. So these statistics now sort of propagate out to some other things, which we might or might not talk about. Well, I can just give a quick rundown, too. Sure. Basically, they're going to affect skills. So quick rundown of the skills you've got acrobatics animal handling arcana athletics deception history insight intimidation investigation medicine nature perception performance persuasion religion sleight of hand stealth and survival and then you've also got uh saving throws and your attributes are going to affect all of those yeah so basically when we make our characters our Race, our class, and our background are going to tell us what skills our characters are proficient in. And on the character sheet, there's like a little box to check next to it. And that just basically means that when we use that skill, in addition to whatever modifier we get from our attribute, we also apply our proficiency bonus to it. That's what the where the proficiency bonus Which comes Which at this point, since uh, we are characters, or you are characters between level one and four, your proficiency bonus is going to be a plus two. Yes. Proficiency bonus is plus two. Up to um, level four. And then the ability scores, the attribute scores, um, depending on what it is, you have your modifier, and that modifier is used for every single one of your skills. Yeah. So for acrobatics, if I don't have acrobatics as a proficient skill, then my ability modifier due to my 16 dexterity at the moment would be a plus three. And so Which I'd, is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, so I'd roll a d20 when I use it and add three to the score. If I was proficient in it, then I'd also add the plus two for my proficiency bonus, so I'd add five total. So if I roll and I get a 13 and then add five, I've got 18. 
And then if the difficulty curve for this is 10, you know, then I've smashed that and I've yeah. done whatever acrobatic thing I intended to do. Whereas at other times there'll be contests. For- the example I always use is basically if Ben's character's on one side of the door and Mario's character's on the other side and they're both trying, like one's trying to open it and the other's trying to keep the door closed, mm-hmm. then it's going to be the strength contest and it's basically going to be his role versus his role. Yeah, yeah. And it's just the the higher wins. Yeah. So the next step would be actually, since we know our races, we're going to go um, and add their bonuses to their scores. So for Dwarf, I automatically get a plus two to Constitution, so that becomes 17. Um, I chose to be a Hill Dwarf, so I get a plus one to Wisdom, so that becomes 10. Which is very nice. So That brings you from a negative one to a zero. Exactly. And I don't have any additional ability score increases that reflects my research on dwarves too yes now benard did you already said you're half elf right i think i may have gotten it wrong i know i get plus two to charisma you get a plus two to charisma and two other ability scores of your choice uh increase by one so i actually missed one (sighs) i I put you know what i'm going to tell you something you cannot afford to miss one. <laughs> no. Well, I can actually, I think I can afford to make my constitution uh, a nine because sure. it really does have a problem. The reason well, why I waited for Mario's is because he actually gets a choice. Here's another thing about these statistics. Even numbers. Even numbers is what we're looking at because that's when things change, when you hit another even number. So if you have a 10, you're at a zero. If you have an 11, you're at a zero. If you have a 12, you're at a one. And so an on example. and so forth. Yeah. How does that work? In the Marty's uh, instance where you're on two sides of a door, let's just do the actual real world. What's your strength? Uh, 13. Your strength is 13. And, and Ben, what's your strength? Nine. Nine. So Ben would be rolling. Let's go ahead and do it. Let's roll. Roll D20. 20-siders. Oh, where my D20? It's right there, dude. It's, that's no, a, no, that's a 12. Oh, there it is. 12, there yeah. you go triangles oh my god I'm all right kidding oh right my now. god so this the uh, <laughs> there there are patterns in and outcomes uh are continuing so ben rolls a two but because he has a nine he modifies that oh yeah negative one right so he's got a one whereas mario rolled an 18 and your strength i'm sorry you said was 13 yes so the way it works is when you hit 10 you go to zero. So he's got a nine. He's negative one. Ten, zero. Eleven, still yes. zero. Twelve, one. Thirteen, one. So you rolled a 19 to uh, a one. To, to one. I think, like, in the game, basically, I'd think about giving him damage. No, <laughs> that's, that's only when he rolls a natural one. No, uh, I'm the dungeon master. I make choices. <laughs> I'm saying... There's a splintered door or oh, something. Yeah. Happened. Like this hurt. was this was a decisive. I would have been hurt. By maybe you you fainted or maybe like not a lot of damage, but like a, my toe was. <laughs> anyway, so that's sort of how that works. So I, I guess at that point, if you had a twenty, you'd have a plus five. Yes. Yes. Okay, so I would say back to races. Yes. As a human, you get a choice. You can go with the standard plus one to your stats, or there's the variant human traits, which gives you two different ability scores that increase by one, and you gain a bonus proficiency in a skill of your choice, and then you also gain a feat. 
I gain feet. Yes, you get two more. So, but you don't get the legs to go with them. Whoa. They're just in a backpack. Um, no, feats are are specific. I'm trying to think of how to describe this. They're specific, not actions, but it's just like a bonus ability that your your character has. They were more present in fourth edition and third edition. They're not as present now because you used to get them with levels before. Now it's just kind of like you can choose to get one under certain circumstances. But basically, we could go through the book and you could look. They'll they'll give you certain things like you could pick a feat that it's just like super intelligent or something and it gives you bonus languages that you speak and different things like that so hmm. they, they're very super helpful but um just to make things simple i think i'm just gonna go plus one to everything you know sounds that's, like a plan yeah that's not a bad choice i mean if i do pick up something it's still possible throughout the adventure right totally and as we said you'll be changing things as you go we discussed briefly that hit points are the representation of how much damage you've taken or how much health you have, I suppose. Ben's got a confused look on his face. I'm doing math. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say anything, but it's math in D&D is not super hard. <laughs> so I'm looking here. You guys should be rolling one of your hit die, which I think you might all be rolling D8s. Yep. For your hit die, plus your constitution modifier. I think, Marty, could I you tell me how you distributed your statistics? Uh, strength 14, dexterity 16, constitution 17, intelligence 13, wisdom 10, and charisma 14. So Marty has a 17. So is that a 3? Oh, yeah. I have, a, I have a plus 3 to my ability modifier. So the most I think you could get is an 11 hit points? That's what I'm about to find out. The hit die is determined by your class. The rogue uh, has a D8 hit die. Which is nice because it used to be D6 in all the previous editions. And I know that the cleric has a D8, and I think the warlock does too. Did so you, you guys are all D8. So that's with your constitution modifier, yeah. the negative 1 that I have? That's good. That's great. Yeah, so basically your hit die, we've all got a 1d8 for hit dice. And then under hit points, you're going to roll that die and then add your constitution modifier to it. So if you've got a constitution modifier of negative 1, then, then the most please, you could hope for is a 7. Please roll an 8. <laughs> is it not that you just get that die? I thought you would just start out with 8 and then plus your modifier. Oh, actually, no, you're right. Hit points at first level is your hit die it's plus... Just it's just eight. whatever the max is plus your constitution mark. Do they talk about whether or not you actually add the negative? Yeah. Okay. You you add your modifier. <laughs> so I have a seven. You're, all right, you have... I start... Yeah. Every level after one, then you roll. Now, as a hill dwarf, okay. I get an extra one hit point every level. Nice. You're starting pretty high. You're starting with a 12 then? Yes. The 12 because you get 8 for being a rogue. A rogue. You get 3, three for having a 17 constitution and, and one. 1 for being a hill dwarf. All right, Mario, if I'm not mistaken, you have a constitution of 16? No, 15. 15. Is that re- uh, reflecting the plus 1 for being a human? No. So then you have so 16. So it would be 16. So because of that, you go two, four, six, a plus three, just like Marty. So that would put you at 11, right behind him, right? Yes. I don't know if you can hear us turning pages and uh, writing with pencils and whatnot, folks. It's very exciting. Mario, as a human, I don't know if I wrote down your speed. 30. Yeah. I think as a human, it's just 30. 
And uh, yeah, I think I read that. And Marty, you're 25. Yep. And half elf, also 30. Yeah, that's pretty standard. Yeah. The last few things you need to write down for your race. Just take a look at the traits for each race because they give you additional proficiencies. So as a dwarf, I get proficiency in the battle axe, hand axe, throwing hammer, and war hammer. All right, the half elf, you gain proficiency in two skills of your choice. Mm-hmm. So when we get to the skills, you're just going to make sure you fill in the little box next to it so you know that you get to use your proficiency modifier. Yeah. And it doesn't look like yeah, you have so. anything for weapons or anything like that. No. Um, the other skills are things that we'll make notes of them on our, our character sheets, but we're not going to go through them right now. You will want to write down for your half-elf, you can speak and read and write common, elvish, and one additional language of your choice. Mm-hmm. As a dwarf, I can speak and read and write common, dwarvish, and yeah, those two. I also get to be proficient with a, a type of tools, so I chose smithing tools. Very nice. Good choice. The humans. So you're proficient in the common language and one <laughs> extra language of your choice. Common is basically English or whatever you know language you're playing the game in. Right. So basically, who, who do you like more? Do you want? Although I, I guess you could learn goblinese or goblinese. Uh, orcish. It is useful. That's yeah. Common, right? Goblinese. Is that undercommon? No, they, no. they have their, they own, have their own thing. There's a goblinoid language, and okay. then there's also Orcish, which is derived from Dwarven. And that then there's a, there's that a list sense. of languages because there's also Abyssal and Infernal. Oh, but but there probably aren't, actually, because those mm-hmm. are Dungeons and Dragons things. Well, they, they have... Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're on the list. You know, so like demonic, basically, is what Abyssal or Infernal yeah. would be. Exactly. And it's just basically they have that list, so if you're playing a character who would have researched that sort of thing and you get an extra language, you can choose that language. Like, you know, say Raven has like dark tomes that he uh, used to read when he was studying to become a cleric, to pass his, his cleric uh, standardized tests. Yeah. Maybe he learned how to speak demonic or something. I don't know. (laughs) So the next step is actually, we're going to choose backgrounds, and then we'll move on to the races. Beca- or not the races, the classes. So that's the only proficiency I get? Um, for human, Speaking yes. English. <laughs> so, I mean, the humans are pretty... Um, In fairness. Are, are pretty well taken care of with those stats. But yeah, as far as racial extras, that's that, that's really all they get is, you know, common and one extra language. Which, if you think about it, that's better than most Americans. <laughs> That's probably why there's that alternate for extra feet. Right. But, I mean, if you don't have the legs, then... Boo. Just make a note of that so you know how old <laughs> your character is. So, I mean... In, you... in this game, humans... Hum, humans, I, I caught it, I, I, and I let it go. <laughs> in this game, sort of the absolute... Uh, in Dungeons & Dragons, specifically, the absolute oldest a human would reach is about 100 years old. The youngest you'd probably be is in your sort of middle late teens. Yeah. So for half-elf age, half-elves mature at the same rate as humans do and reach adulthood around the age of 20, but they live much longer than humans, however, often exceeding 180 years. Dwarves live much longer and achieve maturity at a different age. Dwarves, the minimum age you'd likely be is about 50, and you can live to around 400. 
Yeah. My dwarf is probably about 120. Okay. So he took up this roguing thing late in life? No, he's always been a rogue, but he wasn't an adventurer. So, I mean, he just doesn't practice. He's a level one rogue, so he's still better than the standard people out there. You know what it is, though? It's not how many years you've been roguing, it's how well you do. It's how many minutes you've been roguing. (laughs) Anyway. So, let's move on to backgrounds. So, I'll just really quickly list them off. And then if one sounds interesting to you, let me know and I'll give you the description. Oh, what is this? Uh, these are the backgrounds. Um, mm. These are going to determine more skills and, and languages and stuff like that. And also starting equipment. I mean, we kind of know what our characters' backgrounds are, but this helps to flesh it out in game terms. Um, um, what is background? Like where we came from? He'll, yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll read them and it'll become Choosing a background provides you with important story cues about your character's identity. Most important to ask about your background is what changed. Why did you stop doing whatever your background describes and start adventuring? A quick rundown of backgrounds. We have Acolyte, which is a religious background. We've got Charlatan, which is, I mean, everybody knows what a charlatan is. Snake oil salesman, that sort of thing. These backgrounds actually cover a wide range. If you have a question about one, don't hesitate to let me know. Uh, Criminal which we already know my character is, Entertainer, Folk Hero, Guild Artisan, Hermit, Noble, Outlander, Sage, Sailor, Soldier, and Urchin. Oh, what's Urchin? You grew up on the streets alone, orphaned, and poor. You had no one to watch over you to provide for you, so you learned to provide for yourself. You fought fiercely over food and kept a constant watch out for other desperate souls who might steal from you. You slept on rooftops and in alleyways, exposed to the elements, and endured sickness without the advantage of medicine or a place to recuperate. You survived despite all odds and did so through cunning, strength, speed, or some combination of each. You begin your adventuring career with enough money to live modestly, but securely, for at least ten days. How did you come by that money? What allowed you to break free of your desperate circumstances and embark upon a better life? feels right yeah i i'm getting tingles because it just fits yeah with the way you've been playing it too like i mean i can heal you but right like, i mean but what, i, I mean, just need a little me, extra but my wallet's a little yeah light here my coin purse it's not clinking and clanking as much as it should each background kind of has a feature that they get i assume that you really want this one urchin yeah, yeah. oh okay. yeah so the feature for the urchin You know the secret patterns and flows to cities and can find passages through the urban sprawl that others would miss. When you're not in combat, you and companions you lead can travel between any two locations in the city twice as fast as your speed would normally allow. Nice. Urchins are shaped by lives of desperate poverty, for good and for ill. They tend to be driven either by commitment to the people with whom they shared life on the street or by a burning desire to find a better life. Maybe get some payback on all the rich people who treated them badly. Yes. <laughs> all right. There we go. All right. So we've got four things that you're going to roll for with your background. So grab a D6 and a D8 because you're going to be using the D8 for the first one and then D6 for the other three. So let's roll your D8 first. This is for your personality trait. So you got a two. You ask a lot of questions. Uh-huh. If you want to re-roll it, I, I don't see a problem with that because this is kind of a, a well, this, this kind of 
um, works into your play style for the character and their personality. So and I think we can skip that because I think some of that's already covered with what we've done. So right. Like, I mean, and it's just yeah. kind of like the reason why that's important is because that's how you gain inspiration. If you play to your character's traits, then the DM usually rewards you with inspiration. Yeah. So mm. I could just read you those personality traits and then you could say, okay, this one sounds like my character. I hide scraps of food and trinkets away in my pockets. I ask a lot of questions. I like to sneeze into small places where no one else can get to me. Oh, squeeze. squeeze. <laughs> I was like, That's so why mean. would you sneeze into small Very places? specific behavior. <laughs> I sleep with my back to a wall or tree with everything I own wrapped in a bundle in my arms. I eat like a pig and have bad manners. I think anyone who's nice to me is hiding evil intent. I don't like to bathe. I bluntly say what other people are hinting at or hiding. Kind of feel like the last one is totally your character. Definitely. Which one? I bluntly say what other people are hinting at or hiding. Um, if not that one, I was thinking of. Uh, I think everyone has evil intent. It's up to you. Which one? Um. Hmm? What was the last one again? The last one is I bluntly say what other people are hinting at or hiding. Yeah, let's go with that. Okay, so and, write that down as, as personality trait. So the reason we all reacted to that is because in the fiasco game that we played to establish these characters and, and set up their relationships with each other, that's sort of along the lines of the direction that Mario had been playing Raven. When we heard that, we all thought, oh, that's so Raven. <laughs> <laughs> and now we roll a D6 for yes. your ideal... So I'll just let him finish writing this down real yes. quick. Well, it's bluntly it's page, states something. You bluntly say things page to people. Page 141. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, you could just write down, you know, personality trait eight. Yeah. Okay, so for your ideal, roll a d6. So these, I think, should actually be random. I won't ro- read all of them. I'll just read the one that he rolled. So you got a number one. one. Your ideal is respect. All people, rich or poor, deserve respect. Really? Hmm. It doesn't say that it has to be good respect. You can respect someone while still being a jerk to them. Yes. Okay. I think respect is kind of treating everybody the same way, really. I think that fits Although your number character. five. Makes sense for a cleric. <laughs> number five. has some. Number five says, I help the people who help me. That's what keeps us alive. <laughs> oh, no, that's got You know what? <laughs> can I please? <laughs> that's so yeah. I mean, oh, look. It you was, rolled a five. Oh, we read that wrong. Oh, golly. Wow, it's, those ones and fives look so similar. So, folks, we're, we're playing this game here at Rattlebox Towers, and the studio we use for recording Dungeons & Dragons games is lit by torches. <laughs> uh, Demonic so hellfire. So it was just kind of hard to, to read. All right. Next up is your bond. Roll a d6. Okay, and this one, this one is legit. <laughs> okay. Yes. This time we'll use the dice. All right, you got a six. No one else should have should have to endure the hardships I've been through. Okay, okay. nice, All right. nice. I agree. So write down bond six. Did you write down ideal one? I didn't. Okay. You monster. Oh, I'm sorry. Ideal five. You you rolled a five. Remember? So ideal yeah. is five. Now this is something new. I mean, if you've played Dungeons and Dragons before, but not played Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition, these are new, and it seems kind of weird when you first start making your characters if you haven't played this but when you've actually played fifth edition it's actually kind of cool because the parts of your character that you haven't fleshed out yet it kind of gives you something and even if you didn't envision your character that way it's like oh these are like the secret motivations of my character 
so maybe others don't know this is what motivates them, you know? So, I mean, even if, even if you had gotten something like that, where it's like, I want to save everybody possible. Like we don't necessarily know that's what's motivating you. Cause yeah. you could be telling us like, Oh, I, I just want to make sure that we get as much money as we possibly can. And really you're just trying to help everybody. Um, now we're down to flaw, which yes. is a D six. So roll a six or a two. Oh, I meant a D6. Yeah, I mean a six or a two. Good job. Oh, six. People who can't take care of themselves get what they deserve. <laughs> this is amazing. All right. I figured out what I'm, I am. I'm looking at you, Bernard. Um, so you've got a couple things to write down real quick. You have skill proficiencies in sleight of hand and stealth. Hmm. You also have a tool proficiency in disguise kit and thieves tools. <laughs> oh gosh, I want disguise kit to come into play. I love it—a a cleric who's <laughs> right? stealing stuff. <laughs> I'll just—I it makes sense. I just we have grew some up together. street skills. Of course, you grew up right alongside me. Well, I mean, I'm older than you, but yeah, I was already I like an adult. Lot. Yeah, I was like, oh. stick with me, kid. <laughs> and he thought you were a kid. <laughs> With a, a white beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that white bearded old kid over there? So disguise kit and... And thieves tools. And then under equipment, you have a small knife, mm -hmm. a map of the city you grew up in, a pet mouse. Interesting. Is a pet mouse? I will name him Shakespeare. Yes. <laughs> Uh, a token to remember your parents by. Okay. Some common clothing. You don't have to write that one down. I think that's just kind of assumed everybody has clothing. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, I'm going to go ahead and everyone and gets clothes. And ten gold pieces. And what? Ten gold pieces. All righty. Ben. So I was thinking about Acolyte because I know that I have come from an order. However, I am a realtor. And I think... Guild Artisan? Oh, I was thinking charlatan. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm my god, that's way better than I thought. Yeah, <laughs> he strikes me. This, yeah, Bernard strikes me as uh, snake oil. Oh man, you fit in better with our already existing yeah, yeah, partnership yeah, yeah. better than I thought. But but he he hasn't come across that way quite yet. But Not I think yet. it's there. Oh man, when there. that comes out. My character is going to be like, brother! <laughs> nice. We're so ready. Yeah, he's got a thieves He's a cleric, and the rogue is just like, all right. We just, all of us are thieves. This is I so expect that to be reflected in the gameplay. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, never mind. That happened in the other yeah. game. We won't go into that. So, charlatan, you have always had a way with people. Yep. Real estate agent. Mm-hmm. You know what makes them tick. You can tease out of their hearts desires after a few minutes of conversation, and with a few leading questions, you can read them like they were children's books. It's a useful talent and one that you're perfectly willing to use for your advantage. You know what people want and you deliver, or rather, you promise to deliver. Common sense should steer people away from things that sound too good to be true, but common sense seems to be in short supply when you're around. Yes, Sounds that's about perfect. Right. Yeah, there you go. All right. Um, let's have you write down your proficiencies first since it's next up on there anyway. Okay. So you have skill proficiencies in deception and sleight of hand. Oh, man. We're all getting sleight of hand. <laughs> I'm not. No. I'm starting to wonder if uh, 
that mind control potion is just uh, grog. Yeah, I think. <laughs> hold on, hold on. You come up with a spell like a DC, <laughs> and we'll hide it. Do you have one? In, do you have one in mind? You roll one. I'll, we'll do a roll off. Good to know. So you know. I know. I, I don't even really know. <laughs> That's okay. fine. It's not in my hands anymore. <laughs> All okay, right. So deception and sleight of hand. Okay. Uh, you have tool proficiencies in disguise kit. Oh, another one. And forgery kit. <laughs> so It's interesting because there's a fair amount of integrity in the world that you're about to be introduced to. <laughs> it will be interesting to see how you interact with it. Oh, this is going to be We're great. We're going to, like, completely destroy this town. <laughs> Maybe we're the bad guys in this. We're really, like, the evil we, ones. We might be. Yeah. Um, so as far as equipment goes, I am going to list this one for you because it's different from what he had. Mm-hmm. You have a set of fine clothes. Nice. Um, you have a disguise kit, tools for the con of your choice. For the con of my choice. And you also have 15 gold pieces. Yes. Nice. The first thing you have to roll because you get an extra thing is okay. you get to pick out your favorite sc- a scam. Ooh. Nice. Although I'm kind of feeling that yours would actually, we we probably shouldn't even roll. Nah. Yours should probably just be like real estate scams. Yes. The yeah. old Louisiana flim flam. <laughs> oh, but I'm actually, I wonder how much I should give away. I, I'm actually now working on a bunch of other stuff. Okay. That's like, you don't have to tell them. Well, okay. So what are, what is, what's listed there for the, for the favorite scam? I cheat at games of chance. I shave coins or forge documents. Well, number two is perfect for you then. I insinuate myself into people's lives to prey on their weakness and secure their fortunes. I put on new identities like clothes. I run sleight of hand cons on street corners. I convince people that worthless junk is worth their hard-earned money. Oh, number right. two or number six. It's either number two or number six. And my rolls are garbage, so I don't know what's going to happen. Well, <laughs> I mean, we'll say six. Yeah, oh, okay. let's say a six. That's All right. Closer. So you like to convince people that worthless houses are worth a lot of money. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, the the property value is just going to double or triple over the next two months. But yeah. but the building's on fire. <laughs> That's good. I suppose. It's like it's I like suppose I won't have to gather firewood. Natural heating. <laughs> exactly. Included. It, included in the rent. It's just renewing the, the health and vitality of your house. It's like those, you know, spring wildfires, you know, that help bring the house, out the new the, plants. The house will grow back? It's a phoenix house. Oh, I, I've <laughs> heard really of those. Th- that would be <laughs> that would be good. I, I might have to, you know, be brought on as a, a realtor underneath you. Can yeah. I, can I yeah. ask a question about the house? What's the question? Will my wife grow back? She seems to be very much on fire. I- I'm pretty sure Bernard has a potion you can give her that yes. will grow her back younger and with bigger boobs. Can I ask oh. another question? Why Why is your warlock realtor having the healing potions, not your cleric? He's a wizard. He's not a warlock. He is a warlock. And it's a special... Prof- Hold on. Wait. Hold on. Warlock. It, it's a special proprietary formula. Oh, it's Warlock. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Warlock Warlock isn't what I am. It's the name of a company. It's a whole big thing. <laughs> Warlock brand healing. <laughs> I love that. On your character sheet, it'd be like class, realtor, in parentheses, Warlock. TM. 
All right. So your feature for your background is false identity. You have created a second identity that includes documentation, established acquaintances, and disguises that allow you to assume that persona. Additionally, you can forge documents including official papers and personal letters as long as you have seen an example of the kind of document or the handwriting you are trying to copy. So you're good That's at forging. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I, you know, now I'm just like, man, there's going to be so much awesome stuff with, like, intrigue and spying yes. <laughs> that we can do. It's going to be a really weird game because there's not many fighters. Like, there's not going to be much close action, I don't think. It's going to be, like, all at a distance and manipulation. Like, it's going to be heavy on role-playing. We'll see. May, or maybe one of us dies, and then <laughs> we have to get a tank that is an idiot. Personality trait. I would say, do you want to do like Mario did and just pick one off the list that you feel fits, or do you want to roll? Yeah, let's, uh, yeah, let's hear them. I fall in and out of love easily, and I'm always pursuing someone. Oh, I'm definitely going to roll. <laughs> if that's the first one. I have a joke for every occasion, especially occasions where humor is inappropriate. Flattery is my preferred trick for getting what I want. I'm a born gambler who can't resist taking a risk or a potential payoff. I lie about almost everything, even when there's no good reason to. Sarcasm and insults are my weapons of choice. I keep multiple holy symbols on me and invoke whatever deity might come in useful at any given moment. <laughs> That's great. All right, I'm <laughs> I pocket anything I see that might have some value. Okay, yeah, I'm rolling because I don't know what to choose. So, so I, I pocket everything. I pocket you pocket anything you see that might have some value. So I just roll down personality trait eight. Write down, not roll down. Okay. Roll down <laughs> trait. Personality trait what? Uh, eight. Is that an eight, a D8 that I should be rolling? Yeah. Oh, I rolled a D6. Let's try that again. <laughs> I love how you rolled a D6, <laughs> I, rolled a six on it, and then you were like, yeah, I got eight. Oh, I didn't realize that you read eight things. <laughs> Let's try that again. Two. Two. You have a joke for every occasion, especially occasions where humor is inappropriate. I like that. Oh, dear. <laughs> All right. Now you're ideal. Roll a d6. Now I roll a d6. One. Independence. I am a free spirit. No one tells me what to do. Sounds good. All right. So ideal number one. We're down to flaw. Bond. 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 All right. So, yes. Bond. Roll your James Bond. Bond. Is that a d? D6. Oh, you got The rest of these are d6. Oh, that's awesome. Six. Six, I swindled and ruined a person who didn't deserve it. I seek to atone for my misdeeds, but might never be able to forgive myself. Aww. I can do that. Nice. That's so it's good. eating you up inside. Yeah, I like, that's a, I like the <laughs> turmoil. Okay. And your flaw. Roll a d6. That seems like a flaw that just happened. <laughs> six. six, I hate to admit it and will hate myself for it, but I'll run and preserve my own hide if the going gets tough. Perfect. That, I mean, that was already. I assume you I had the throwing up. I assume you had those words written down already. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Right. Lost six. Okay. I'm actually half tempted as the natural criminal in the group to not choose criminal as my background. <laughs> yeah, choose because we um, all hmm, interesting. But interesting. the the criminal background is pretty awesome. And I've never played it before, so yeah. I, I kind of want to do it. Especially since from the start, I've envisioned this guy as a criminal. There you go. So I'll just read it real quick, even though everybody here should know what a criminal is. You're an experienced criminal with a history of breaking the law. You've spent a lot of time among other criminals and still have contacts within the criminal underworld. You're far closer than most people to the world of murder, theft, and violence that pervades the underbelly of civilization. 
and you have survived up to this point by flouting the rules and regulations of society. Uh, so I have a skill proficiency in deception and stealth. So all of us are very deceptive. I have a tool proficiency in one type of gaming set and thieves tools. And equipment, I get a crowbar, a set of dark common clothes, including a hood, and a belt pouch with 15 gold pieces. My criminal specialty, I already know, is pickpocket because this character was envisioned as a pickpocket. But I could also choose blackmailer, burglar, enforcer, fence, highway robber, hired killer, pickpocket, or smuggler. I'm going to choose pickpocket. Sounds good. So my feature is criminal contact. You have a reliable and trustworthy contact who acts as your liaison to a network of other criminals. You know how to get messages to and from your contact, even over great distances. Specifically, you know the local messengers, corrupt caravan masters, and seedy sailors who can deliver messages to you. And thanks to Fiasco, we already know who my criminal contact is. Derek the Hand. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Suggested characteristics. Uh, Let me just... I'm going to read through these and I'll let you know which one I choose because I don't know all of them. I always have a plan for what to do when things go wrong. I'm always calm no matter what the situation. I never raise my voice or let my emotions control me. Uh, The first thing I do in a new place is note the locations of everything valuable or where such things could be hidden. Bernard's pockets. (laughs) (laughs) I would rather make a new friend than a new enemy. I'm incredibly slow to trust. Those who seem the fairest often have the most to hide. I don't pay attention to the risks in a situation. Never tell me the odds. The best way to get me to do something is to tell me I can't do it. I blow up at the slightest insult. I actually know that it would be I would rather make a new friend than a new enemy, as evidenced by the fact that somehow I managed to turn Bernard into a friend really quickly. I mean, I even offered him a drink. After I, yeah, was like dragging you out of the bar. I think he was a bit drunk at that point anyway, but he probably still would have. Lauren seems like a nice guy. He's very, yeah. I was about to say, I'm like, oh my god, they don't get flaws, but we do. Um, all right, so let me roll a D8. No, I'm sorry, a D6 for my ideal. I rolled a five. People, I'm loyal to my friends, not to any ideals, and everyone else can take a trip down the sticks for all I care. Yeah, that sounds about right. Bond. Four. I will become the greatest thief that ever lived. Yeah. This is working out. Nice. And my flaw. Four. I have a tell that reveals when I'm lying. Ooh. Nice. That's a good one. We have to figure that out. Even though Benard doesn't know that you have a tell. But Benard's looking for a tell. I'm thinking thinking his tell. Don't, Don't... I wouldn't even tell it. Don't don't even say it. I, don't I tell have your a feeling tell. that Raven knows his tell already. Probably. Yeah, probably. And I'm I'm pretty sure Bennard will pick up on it Very really quickly. quickly. Yes. He pees a little. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say he narrows his eyes. Do you also get gold by class, as on page one forty three? Uh yes, you do. It's just this is additional stuff. So you'll actually have some more gold coming. Yes. Nice. And then I had gold last time as well. True. Though I spent it on new clothing yeah. because my clothing was all destroyed. Now we move on to classes. Let's do the cleric first because alphabetically it comes first in the book. There you go. All right. So for the cleric, you already wrote down your hit points, correct? Uh, Yeah. Okay. And you wrote down that your hit dice are 1d8, correct? No, I did not. So actually your, your hit points, uh, Mario, are 11 total. 11 total. Okay. Dice. 
taking D8? Yes. Okay. As a cleric, you have proficiencies in light armor, medium armor, and shields. So light armor is things like padded armor, leather armor, studded leather. Uh, medium armor is hide armor, chain shirts, scale mail, breastplate, and half plate. Basically, heavy armor gets into full plate mail, ring mail, chain mail, splint mail. So like night gear. Yeah, you're like just below that. Simple weapons. Let me just find that. Simple weapons include clubs, daggers, great clubs, which are two-handed clubs, hand axes, javelins, light hammers, maces, quarter staves, sickles, spears, and, of course, the good old-fashioned punch or kick. As opposed to slap fight. (laughs) That's my preferred. A glove slap. Um, Okay, so... Your weapons, yeah, all simple weapons. Uh, you don't have any tool proficiencies. Saving throws, you're proficient in wisdom and charisma. Yeah. Let me just quickly look at this. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I've, all right, so. Down here. Perfect. <laughs> um, so just write down that you're proficient in wisdom and charisma roles. When we fill out the character sheets, like when we type them up, you'll have like a little black circle okay. next to it. Actually, Ben, you're also. Proficient in wisdom and charisma, for reference. Perfect. Savings throw. Marty, dexterity, and intelligence. Yes. And then for skills, you get to choose two out of these ones. History, insight, medicine, persuasion, and religion. Now, let me know if you need any of those explained. (laughs) Because, like, something like medicine... You're thinking, oh, okay, I can heal, but that might not necessarily mean what that, you know. No, but it, it's means. related, but not yes. necessarily exactly. So, yeah, whatever you want. Um, so I picked two? Yes. And what are they? Medicine, history? History, insight, medicine, persuasion, and religion. Um, insight and uh, what was the last one? Religion. Religion? No, not that. <laughs> the cleric's like, nah, I don't need to know anything about religion. I guess, I guess medicine. Okay, so write down insight and medicine. Okay. So for your starting equipment, you get choices. For your weapon, you can choose either a mace or a warhammer. Mace. All right, so write down that. Classic. That's a classic cleric weapon. You mean that's a raven? That <laughs> is so raven. The damage for that is 1d6 bludgeoning. Scratchy, 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 scratchy. <laughs> <laughs> for armor, you get to choose between scale mail, leather armor, or chain mail. Uh, but the chain mail is only if you're proficient in heavy armor, which you are not. Yeah. So chain mail or leather. I mean, you could still have the the chain mail, but... I would be able to use it. You I could c- wear keep it. keep it in a bag. Well, you can wear it. That's the beauty of D&D as opposed to a lot of role-playing games on the computer is that um, you can do things that you're not proficient in. You just get negatives to it. So you get like a minus one or a minus two or whatever. Um, So in this case, there would be probably, I think, a negative to your armor class if you chose the chainmail. But it really depends. I mean, if you found magic chainmail that's like plus three and the negative for using it is only going to be minus one, then it's probably worth it. Uh, you're just your character's just not used to wearing it, right? But you can eventually get more proficiencies, and you know you can become more proficient in things and learn to use it, and then you'd get rid of that. Um, so yeah, scale mail or leather armor is really what you'd want to choose right now. Um, I'll go with leather. 
Okay. So for the leather, your dex modifier isn't going to change between the two of them. So if you had the leather armor, your armor class is going to be 12. If you have the scale mill, your armor class is going to be 15. Mm. I think Raven still likes leather better. Sounds like about it. right. I, I, I wasn't going to say anything, but I, I really feel like the, uh, we have the same feeling for Raven that Raven, Raven would go leather. All right. So it's leather armor for black Raven. leather. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, Scale mail is just too flashy for my taste. You can also choose a light crossbow with 20 bolts or any simple weapon. So the simple weapons were club, dagger, great club, hand axe, javelin, light hammer, mace, quarterstaff, sickle, spear. I'll, I'll just pipe in here. You already have a smashy thing, right? Yes. I mean, you have a mace. What's the difference between a mace and a club to some extent? Um, oh, oh right. I do have like, a mace. Well, it says any simple weapon, which also includes the ranged weapons. So as far yeah, as but, ranged but, weapons... But you mentioned simple. crossbow. Like, uh, if I if I were playing... Well, you've yeah, got a crossbow, was... you've got darts, um, you've got short bows, and you've got a sling. The, cro- the light crossbow is going to do the most damage. It also... Um, it's also the heaviest the, thing. It's the heaviest. It also has some disadvantages in that it takes a while to reload. And I think if someone's next to you... And you try and reload it, they get to attack you. Really? Yeah, they hmm. get advantage. Because, because you're futzing around, you know. <laughs> but I'm like, you... wait a second. <laughs> time, exactly. time out, time out. <laughs> I gotta load my musket here. <laughs> it would be nice to be a little range, so I I think I'll still go with a uh, crossbow. Okay, I so like you've it. got a crossbow and 20 bolts. But it's a light crossbow, right? Does yes. that matter? Um, yeah, the heavy crossbow is a completely different thing. So, yeah, it's a, a light crossbow. Okay. You also have either a priest's pack or explorer's pack. We'll get into that later, but they just kind of include different things. Like the explorer's pack has, like, probably a grappling hook and some rope and stuff like that and some torches. The priest's pack will have a few of those things, but focus more on priestly things that you need, um, you know, like uh, candles and scrolls to be able to scribe things and stuff like that because that stuff can be useful later on. Like, say you find a book with a new spell, you can kind of write it down for yourself. Probably some wafers. Some wafers. Some bloody wine. Vestments. I was going to say blood of Christ. Vestments. <laughs> yeah. Your character has the blood of Christ, even though we're not on Earth. Yeah, <laughs> Earth. That's fine. All right. And the last thing is a shield and a holy symbol. Oh. Just a I holy a symbol? Right. No, <laughs> no, no you, no, don't you don't have that. any holy symbols. Don't worry. You get some fun stuff, too. Oh, I'm um, aware. I am ready for you my get fun more. Stuff. You get you get some black leather too. Shield. I'm just oh. kidding. I don't know what you get. I don't think it's black leather. Well, I don't know. I didn't. <laughs> you get pleather. We'll, we'll get into the fun. <laughs> but he has the money. Stuff. He has the nice things. Yeah. I'm so jealous. A holy symbol, and then um, I pick one of the packs. Yeah. So either the priest pack or the explorer's pack. I will go with the priest pack. All right. Because it's ironic. Not really. <laughs> the Judas. Priest. You know what? That's probably not a bad call because I suspect these two Jamokes, at least one of them, will have the Adventurer's Pack. Yeah. So I I figured I already have enough, like, con tools. There you go. That I should probably, like, have something to my, um, my class. <laughs> You're classy. Thank you. 
<laughs> and right. then last thing we have to do is spells for you. Spells and... are importante. All right. No. So for cantrips, um, cantrips are basically minor spells that are fairly useful and you can just cast them as many times as you need to. So you'll never run out of cantrips leveled spells. You can run out, you know, you'll have like one or two per level, but cantrips, you have an unlimited amount. So the cantrips you have to choose from, and I can explain these to you. There's guidance, light, mending, resistance, sacred flame, spare the dying and thaumaturgy. I thought you said vomitthurgy. Vomitthurgy? Vomit clergy. It's where you as a priest throw up. Do you want an aggressive or non-aggressive? I think you get I think you get three cantrips. Do I? Yes. Out of those? Yes. So mm. guidance, you touch one willing creature. Once before the spell ends, the target can roll a D4 and add the number rolled to one ability check of its choice. Ooh. It can roll the die before or after making the ability check. The spell ends. So that's a good buff right there. How about um, how about you guys go through your equipment and then I'll read oh, through skill through perfect spells. Perfect idea. See, that's efficient. Page, what page are we on there? Um, the list is on page two hundred seven. The page numbers. If I, I scientifically, we haven't discovered a technology that makes it harder to read a page number than they've they've used in this, but we've got scientists working on it around the clock. <laughs> So now we can move on to Benard. Yes, this is we're we're talking about warlock stuff. Yes, oh, it's warlock gonna time. It's gonna be so now I'm just gonna rob here. Dungeon master gonna kick in uh, just for a second uh, because this is a created world. Uh, I've actually created a pantheon of gods, uh, and so we might talk some in this uh, instance about. Uh, gods or whatever you know entities from the uh, player's handbook and uh, we might modify those uh, as play goes on but for the purposes of character creation it's probably more efficient to just use these oh you know what i forgot dungeons and dragons fifth edition actually has something very useful when you're making characters it's it's great for people who haven't played it before um they have when you're going through figuring out the class features, they have a thing that tells you quick build. That's something that will help you. So basically, for quick build, they suggest... So for the, the Warlock, the suggestions in here for the Warlock are for your cantrips, you're supposed to ch- take Eldritch Blast and Chill Touch, along with the first level spells, Ray of Sickness and Witch Bolt. Mm-hmm. Were those what you... Well, I'm taking Eldritch Blast. I'm going to work on the other ones. Okay. I'm going to figure out the other two. Um, all right. Class features, let's see, proficiencies. You have light armor proficiency, which I don't think I talked about that. Do I just pick one of those? We'll get to that once we get to the equipment. Uh, You're proficient in simple weapons. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then saving throws, wisdom, and charisma. Yep. Skills, you get to choose two from arcana, deception, history, intimidation, investigation, nature, and religion. So I'm choosing two out of those. Gentlemen, I just moved the document with, uh, well, it's titled Gods of Drag. It's in the folder now. Very nice. Okay. Uh, so what were they again? Arcana, Deception, History, Intimidation, Investigation, Nature, and Religion. Okay. Uh, yeah, I got those. So I think, I'm, I think I'm taking Arcana and Deception. Seems like a good choice for Bernard. 
All right. So starting equipment. Well, deception's almost a must. No, I think I got deception from my. Oh yeah, did you write that so, down? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. You did. Care of it. You but, did get so deception. I got, then I took Arcana and intimidation, and then sleight of hand and deception. Okay. All right. So starting equipment, you choose either light crossbow with twenty bolts or any simple weapon. Then a component pouch or an arcane focus. Ooh. What, what is an arcane focus? Basically, instead of using spell components to form your spells, the arcane focus helps you to focus the eldritch energies around you into the spells. They, they don't do a good, a good job of explaining what the arcane focus does. So I think what book- do I get? Do, is it just I pick one or the other and there's no like downside because that second one just sounds easier. Oh, yeah, much easier. Like, you know, just, honestly, <laughs> like I don't have to do anything. Honestly, playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons, I've always hated having to keep track of yeah. spell components because nobody has time I for think that. In every it's game, supposed to be fun. I, yeah, I think. In every game, it's just the DM's like, you got that last time. Well, um, so, Rob, the DM here, kicking in, uh, what you're saying is true. And I think. I think Ben and I had a conversation earlier. If you say that we're you're leaving the town with a team of ponies and you've strapped your stuff on the ponies and uh, later the ponies are washed down a river, then I might decide to make life harder for you. But otherwise, I think we'll assume that you're able to feed and clothe yourselves and keep yourselves in the uh, equipment that is necessary for the the day-to-day carrying out of the skills that you've trained your whole life for. Yeah, otherwise it turns into The Sims and like not the fun <laughs> part of The Sims. It's like, yeah, it's like um, the part where you have virtual to... shopping mall. Yeah, you have to like make sure your bladder is emptied. <laughs> and that takes like a quarter of your day. It's not a free action. I would, yeah, I would just suggest going with the arcane focus. Yeah, arcane focus they never really explain it in say. here, but just a quick jump in. Um, I think a focus. They, I think they refer to it as like a just like a totem that enhances okay. your power. It's not exactly a weapon, but you know, so like a thing that I have that. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It's why probably wouldn't, why would anyone do anything other than that? And yeah. just like I need to carry around, I have to go to the store. Like, just so it's probably it's probably a yellow jacket. <laughs> unless unless the choice really isn't telling you you don't need components, it's just like you get a focus or you get a pouch to carry your components. Because this it literally says a component pouch or arcane focus. It's yeah, so confusing. Let's go with focus. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're it's just, just easier for everybody. Uh, a scholar's pack or a dungeoneer's pack. Hmm. Probably a scholar's pack. All right. Well, yeah. Ooh. And then leather armor, any simple weapon, and two daggers. Nice. You get to choose an otherworldly patron. Yes, I do. The <laughs> Arkfey, the Fiend, or the Great Old One. Yeah, that that one, the Great Old One. And yep. Oof. Um. All right. You know your cantrips. You figured that stuff out. We'll leave that as a surprise to everybody. Yeah. Eldritch invocations don't start until level two, so two. you don't have to worry about that yet. Yeah, I do get a really cool thing from the great old one just right away. Oh, that's right. You chose the. So, as far as spells go, the great old one has two additional spells that it adds to the list that you can choose from. Mm-hmm. Tasha's hideous laughter, which has always been one of my favorite Dungeons and Dragons spells. It's just. It's so great for pranks and just goofy stuff. And dissonant whispers, which is. 
Par- pardon me, but it's insane. <laughs> well, literally and figuratively. <laughs> I, I haven't looked at either of those. I know Tasha said he's laughter. I have to weird. read you it's Dissonant Whispers yes. because it's one of the things that makes me go, God, I want to play a warlock. Oh, that's not a warlock spell, though, is it? Yeah, it is. Wait, so where do I get that on my list of things I can do? That's one he of the... added it. So he adds it basically as a spell you can choose as your first level spell. As a first level spell. Yes. What level is it normally? It's a first level spell. But it's just that there's the standard list of spells that you get for your class that you get to choose from. Mm -hmm. And then uh, depending on which patron you choose, they have additional spells they add. And then let me add in here again, Rob the DM, something that's always been slightly confusing about Dungeons and Dragons is your characters have levels and spells have levels. And they don't correlate in any particularly logical way. So it's not that when you become second level, you're able to use second level spells at all. It would almost be more helpful to the players if those spells were instead of first and second level, if they were tier A and tier B. But that's not how it's been done. And then it gets a little bit more complicated with D&D 5, but in a good way. Because in addition to your spells being leveled, like you have spell slots, so... You know, at level one, you have one spell slot and you have two known cantrips. And like I said, cantrips, you could just cast as many times without resting. But you have one spell slot and you have two known spells. So you can cast one of those spells and your slot is leveled. So your your spell slot is first level right now. But when you hit level three, your spell slot level becomes level two. And what that basically means is when you go to cast a, a spell say you're casting a first level spell, you can cast it and make it more powerful by expending a, mm-hmm. a level two slot. Yeah. And so it like adds more damage or increases the effect, stuff like that. The laughter is more hideous. The whispers are more whispery. Exactly. So <laughs> I want to hear So dissonant whispers. <laughs> you whisper a discordant melody that only one creature of your choice within range can hear, racking it with terrible pain. The target must make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, it takes 3d6 psychic damage and must immediately use its reaction, if available, to move as far as its speed allows away from you. The creature doesn't move into obviously dangerous ground, such as a fire or pit. On a successful save, the target takes half as much damage, so, you know, you still roll the 3d6 and whatever it is you have it, um, and doesn't have to move away. A deafened creature automatically succeeds on the save. But, I mean, that's... For first yeah. level, 3d6, mm. and then it runs away. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Nice. I like it. That's my, that, I chose that. I'm picking that one. That's <laughs> the first level I, spell, and I, I'm just going to probably use that. I would like with that, With my too. one spell slot. Exactly. You'll use that, and then to... you'll constantly be Eldritch blasting yeah, people. Yeah, pretty much. Those are the two. Yeah, those are the two I wrote down. I think you were talking about that a month ago. <laughs> those two mm-hmm. specific ones. So. so the nice thing is, so Warlocks don't have access to a lot of spells, and, and they don't have very many spell slots. Like, you only ever get four spell slots. That's at, like, level 20. Like, the 17 to 20, you get four spell slots. So basically, between, you know, between rests, you get to cast four spells. But you have unlimited cantrips. And that's where your awesomeness comes in because your your patrons, or not your patrons, I'm sorry, you have what's called a pact. Yeah. At level three, you choose it. So you can pack the, uh, choose the Pact of the Chain, Pact of the Blade, or Pact of the Tome. And they do different things 
and basically eventually you get this thing called eldritch invocations and your prerequisites depend on you know like they require either certain spells or certain levels or require you to have a certain pact yeah and one of the awesome ones is agonizing blast which changes your uh, eldritch blast so it adds your charisma modifier as damage to it on every hit yes um, there's also Eldritch Spear, which changes Eldritch Blast. When you cast Eldritch Blast, its range is now 300 feet. Yep. I mean, there's just all sorts yeah. of sta- things. And it's like, because you can cast Eldritch Blast as many times as you want, you're just like, okay, now it goes farther, it hits harder. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, there's a, I think there's an invocation for like adding some higher level spells as cantrips. Exactly. I think, but I, I'll have to read it up. Read up on it. I have until level three. However... Get to the stuff that I get from the great old one, though. Did you not see the f- the first thing I get from him, or well, that one? I get to telepathically oh, communicate. Starting with any at level creature. one, awakened mind. Starting at level one, your alien knowledge gives you the ability to touch the minds of other creatures. You can communicate telepathically with any creature you can see within thirty feet of you. You don't need to share a language with the creature for it to understand your telepathic utterances, but the creature must be able to understand at least one language. That is pretty That's useful. That's crazy. Right? That's, I can talk to anything. So Rob is actually being very useful with the computer right now, and on his monitor he's actually showing off some of the spells. You can't see this because this is a podcast and not a video cast or a vlog. He's telling the truth. So I think we've got you covered for class. Yes. So the last would be me, the good old rogue. So, what do they suggest for me? They suggest that I take the Arcane Trickster archetype and choose the charlatan background. But I did not choose the charlatan background. Not so sure about the archetype yet. So, let's see. Proficiencies, I get light armor. For weapon proficiencies, I get simple weapons, hand crossbows, long swords, rapiers, and short swords. In addition, I had some dwarven weapons as well, like hand axe, battle axe, stuff like that. Dex and intelligence... For saving throws, skills, I get to choose four from acrobatics, athletics, deception, insight, intimidation, investigation, perception, performance, persuasion, sleight of hand, and stealth. And that actually makes me realize that I didn't choose anything from my background. I didn't write that down. So my background was criminal because, of course, it was. So skill proficiency, I got deception and stealth. Um, so I get four. Hmm. I'm going to go sleight of hand because I'm a pickpocket after all. I already got stealth. I'm going to go perception, and I think I will go acrobatics and persuasion. So my starting equipment, I can start with either a rapier or a short sword. And funnily enough... It says I have a short sword, which we already know that Larn has one because, according to Fiasco, he has his father's short sword. He also has a short bow and quiver of 20 arrows or a short sword. I'm going with a second short sword. And then he gets to choose either a burglar's pack, a dungeoneer's pack, or an explorer's pack. That's a really hard choice between explorer's pack and burglar's pack. Yeah. I'm going to have to look that up to see because I, I don't remember what's in the burglar's pack. If you, uh, Yeah, you can do that whenever you want. Um, and then leather armor. It's the leather armor gang. Yep. Is it, are you matchers? No, my leather armor is brown with uh, some red streaks in it. Um, and then I get thieves tools, you know, like lock picks and stuff like that. 
So, so Mario's considering his cantrips here, and one of them is called Spare the Dying. Uh, the deal with that is if someone reaches zero hit points, they're going to have to start making these savings throws to, to see if they die. If you can get over there and use this, you can stabilize them. And whereas they'll still have zero hit points, they're not um, going to be actively engaged in uh, dying in the same way that they had been. It's a valuable thing, uh, but it's your call. I don't know that you can use it on yourself. No, because you're out. Yeah. Because so at zero hit points, you're out cold. Yeah. All right. Well, if you wanted to know what the packs are real quick, a burglar's pack includes a backpack, a bag of a thousand ball bearings, 10 feet of string, a bell, five candles, a crowbar, a hammer, 10 pythons. I don't know what those are. They're the spikes you use for climbing. Oh, nice. A hooded lantern, two flasks of oil, five days rations, a tinderbox, and a water skin. The pack also has 50 feet of hemp and rope strapped to the side of it. Dungeoneer's pack, because I'm going to skip the ones that nobody got a uh, choice for. Dungeoneer's pack includes a backpack, a crowbar, a hammer, 10 pythons, 10 torches, a tinderbox, 10 days of rations, and a water skin. It also has 50 feet of hemp and rope strapped to the side of it. Explorer's pack includes a backpack, a bedroll, a mess kit, a tinderbox, 10 torches, 10 days of rations, and water skin. The pack also has 50 feet of hemp and rope strapped to the side of it. So everybody's getting rope. If you don't have rope, you don't deserve to play Dungeons and Dragons. Well, we say that, but then we get to the last two packs that were offered, and they don't have rope. Wait, I don't have rope? Depends. Which one did you choose? Did you choose the Scholars? Yeah. You don't have rope, but That's I have rope, so it's okay. Yeah, we've got I don't think rope. I do either. Which did you choose? The priest pack? The priest pack. Okay, so the priest pack includes a backpack, a blanket, ten candles, a tinder box, an alms box, two boxes of incense, a censer, vestments, two days of rations, and a water skin. Basically, all the stuff to be a Catholic priest. The scholar's pack that Bernard has includes a backpack, a book of lore, a bottle of ink, an ink pen, ten sheets of parchment, a little bag of sand, and a small knife. Nice. I like my little bag of sand. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with the burglar's pack because, honestly, you know what? I like the idea of being prepared for my job, not being prepared to be an adventurer. There you go. Because I'm, I'm a thief. I'm not, I'm not out there saving the day. Yeah, and I need ink to forge documents. <laughs> it makes sense. At level one, the rogue gets expertise. You choose two of your skill proficiencies or one of your skill proficiencies and your proficiency with the thieves tools. Your proficiency bonus is doubled for any ability check you make that uses either of the chosen proficiencies. So I'm going to choose sleight of hand and my thieves tools. And at first level, I get sneak attack. Beginning at first level, you know how to strike subtly and, a, and exploit a foe's distraction. Once per turn, you can deal an extra 1d6 damage to one creature you hit with an attack if you had advantage on the attack roll. The attack must use a finesse or a ranged weapon. You don't need advantage on the attack roll if another enemy or the target is within 5 feet of it. That enemy isn't incapacitated and you don't have disadvantage on the attack roll. So basically, as long as you guys are near the enemy, like within 5 feet, I always can sneak attack it. Nice. I will never be. I'm sure I'm sure that you will endeavor. Yes. Well, but somehow I'm apparently the frontline fighter and I'm a rogue, a so attacker. I'm gonna let guys just come to us. I'm gonna stand right next to you guys. <laughs> so wait, but you can you can sneak attack on distracted people. True. So distract them. Oh, I can do that. I can talk to anyone in thirty feet of me. I can I feel like I can kind of drive them crazy just by like 
telepathically communicating with them, just saying weird stuff. So it mentioned finesse weapons and... It's got to be like dagger and maybe rapier. Okay, so we all know what a ranged weapon is. That's fine. Finesse weapons. When making an attack with a finesse weapon, you use your choice of strength or dexterity modifier for the attack and damage rolls. You must use the same modifier for both rolls. My weapons, I have two daggers and I have two short swords. Tell you what, while he's doing that, Mario, why don't you roll... Oh, both of those are finesse. Nice. Why don't you roll those and then roll one more? We're going to add those up for your gold. We've got Mario rolling 5d4. 20. Totally. So far, not bad. 3, 7, 10, 11, and then one more of the dice. 14 times 10? Wow. Boy, oh boy. All right. Why don't we have Bernard do that? The Warlock rolls 4. We get 4. It's like the reverse of, you know, calling your home run. Uh, one, two, three, <laughs> six. six. You, you didn't get four, but you didn't get much I more. I got close. Uh, in fairness, that is six times ten, so could be worse. Sixty gold pieces? Maybe Marty wants to roll. That's in addition to my fifteen, right? Yeah. Okay. So, Marty, you want to roll these for your class gold? Nine. Ninety. Yes. So I'm rich. <laughs> you basically have these guys covered coming and going. How much gold say. did I get with my background? Hey, did he hire you guys? Yeah. <laughs> Are you He's like his... running the entire I'm like thing. the secret mastermind. Are yes. you like his apprentices? Oh, yeah. And I also had 15 gold pieces from my background. So I have 105. I spent a lot on fine clothes. <laughs> <laughs> So how much was it? 140? That sounds right. Plus the 10 that you had, right? You had 10 from his background. By the way, the monk is 5d4 times nothing. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. I was about to say, <laughs> he doesn't need anything. The barbarian's ever... 2d4 times 10. I've never played a monk. When you said a lot of hits. When you said times nothing, I thought it was times zero. I was like, so what's the point <laughs> of knowing five days? <laughs> Just exercise. It's just good <laughs> exercise. It's the discipline. You don't get good at rolling dice if you don't roll dice. I was just looking up the rules for two-weapon fighting because Larn fights with two short swords or, if he needs to, two daggers. So basically how that works is whenever you attack with a light weapon, you can make a bonus action to attack with another light weapon in the other hand. And your attack roll is the same, but you don't add the bonus damage to it. So the bonus damage is whatever, you know, if it's strength or dexterity, whichever one you're using, it's your modifier. I think we're in danger of having created characters. Hmm. Are you guys done making characters? My character is completed. Did you choose your spells? I did. Um, Okay, so going back to my cantrips, I decided to go with Sacred Flame, Spare the Dying, and Thermaturgy. Cool. Thaumaturgy is a good one. It lets you appear powerful, which... For your uh, sort of deceitful group of people, you know. I decided to go with two useful and one fun. There you go. Is there anything else we need to do to set up? I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, then we're all good. Okay. We'll put the uh, character sheets now that they're completed. We'll put those up on 
the website. Thanks again for listening, friends. Please join us in two weeks on November 29th as Lorne, Raven, and Bernard begin their adventure. In the meantime, let us know what you think. We're at Dragcast on Twitter. Our email is dragcast at rattleboxgames.com. Our website is rattleboxgames slash dragcast. Until then, be brave, be kind, and be well. I like to sneeze into small places. Sounds right. I would love to. Fairway boyos.